Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast for Black Women Connect Vancouver. Girl, you know it. So I'm the founder of Black Women Connect Vancouver, which started in 2017. And Black Women Connect Vancouver is a collective of women who come to inspire, empower, and leverage our strengths and embrace our diverse experiences. It is a community where we can build meaningful relationships and celebrate the beauty of our Black womanhood. I hope that you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to episode four of Girl You Know It. And today we're talking about International Women's Day. So we're happy that you're here to join us and let's get started. So Palessa, tell us about International Women's Day. 100%. So this year's International Women's Day campaign theme is called Choose to Challenge. And um it says that a challenged world is an alert world. Individually, we're all responsible for our own thoughts and actions all day, every day. And we can all choose to challenge and call out gender bias and inequality. We can all choose to seek out and celebrate women's achievements. Collectively, we can all help create an inclusive world. From challenge comes change. So let's all choose to challenge. Oh, wow. I like this little... <laughs> little challenge i think i think it's a really cool theme i think on the heels of black lives matter last year and like really trying to amplify women with like me too it's like trying to encapsulate what was in the 2000s i guess 10s um in this challenge and like talking about biases what do you think I like it. I think it's um, adding to the conversation. I think, you know, when things like these come up, it's really necessary to not think like this is starting something that's never been happening already and make sure to include it as part of all the, the other conversations that have been happening. Like you said, uh, the Me Too movement as well. Um, and just figuring out like, okay, so choose to challenge what are those practical steps in a sense as well? And I know that sometimes asking this questions always to like diminish the cause and like, oh, it's too complicated, give me the solution and then I'll go ahead and do it. But sometimes we need some practical examples as to how to choose to challenge. And so what does it look like for you in your day-to-day -day life? I guess for me, choosing to challenge would look like, you know, challenging my own biases against sharing platforms and rooms with women and, you know, platforms and rooms with other Black women as well and being able to note each other's achievements you know even sitting on this podcast we all do completely different things but to be able you know to come into a room and to really choose to challenge like are we really celebrating each other as well in our conversations right um it's necessary to be able to say you're really awesome at that and i see you for that and you can also be where i'm at right and so to be able to say this isn't impossible and i hope when you look at me you don't think this is impossible but to know that you can still do it in your own way and achieve the way that you want to achieve so that's how i'm gonna take on the choose to challenge wow all right then tell us <laughs> i think for me yeah i like like you said like it, it shows us to have practical tools on how to do it i think so many times when it's like oh there's this movement going on or oh it's international women's day they're like it's just another day but i like that they made it like they broke it down into steps on how you can do that. And I think a lot of times people always question like, well, how am I supposed to celebrate women or how am I supposed to do this and this? I know there's inequality. And so I like that they did break it down for us in that way. Um, so I, I think that that's interesting. Mm -hmm. 
You know what also I think too is, I think choosing to challenge like a bias is in like the competition between women and like really uplifting each other. I think we've been socialized in this weird roundabout way to see each other as competition and to like always be like on top. And it's that rhetoric of like, and I'm not, I'm not bashing like the hashtag girl boss. That's not what I'm saying, but like also just like the way that we're like challenged to like, if we're going to be like the best, we have to be the best on top of people and oppress other people. And it could be to the detriment of like the women that we're, we're supposed to be uplifting. So I think it's also dismantling what success looks like for all of us as women individually and like collectively and how can we um counterintuitively like reprogram ourselves like oh I, I know that society is telling me to do this in order to like get ahead but how how is that going to harm other women like how can I choose to like follow a path that is still finding my success and my bliss, you know, but also like really bring other women alongside. And there's, I, I mean, we're going to get into it about like, you know, feminism and like populations and stuff like that. But I, I think that's also a thing. Like I am, I'm challenged in that. Mm. Especially like being like daughter of a black, uh, of like immigrants and like firstborn and like, how, what is, does success look like? How is it measured? It means going to school and being the best of the best. And like, I don't want to connive and like ruin someone's life and like their self-esteem, but like, that's another bias. Like, how do we dismantle that? So I think that's where I'm also coming from too. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is a good segue. We might as well talk about it. So what does International Women's Day look like for us when we talk about intersectionality? Because as we all know, when it comes to the feminist movement, most time anybody that's been marginalized in society was not included in any of these movements and I still feel like we're not in today so I do feel they're doing better at it now in recognizing that if we're going to talk about feminism if we're going to talk about womanism we need to make it intersectional and I do think a lot of people want to have that conversation but I think sometimes we're having that conversation but also being like well, we need to be diverse instead of just seeing us as women. You know what I mean? Like we, we get seen still as the other of like, why are we asking to be intersectional in our feminism when it should just be feminism and all women and not making it feminism? And then we're like, can we include be included please? Like, why does it have to be diversity in feminism? It should just be feminism or womanism. And so it's a little irritating sometimes when I hear the word intersectional, but at the same time, it's like, it's the only way people can understand why feminism should not even have intersectional in it it should just be feminism so what do you think about that yeah I completely and I completely agree and I think that you know it's really it's really interesting what you're saying because I think it's kind of like the the what's that thing is it the chicken or the egg kind of thing is like what comes first right the intersectionality or the naming of it right is it the feminism or the fact that the feminism is so narrow-minded um that it requires you know to be kind of critiqued and then to be relabeled as an intersectional feminism and I think that's really the question is like when are we going to get to a point where we don't we have to when are we going to get to a point where we don't need to educate people on these nuances of other people's existence like I don't know just google what nuance means and then apply it to your life like 
it's 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 really exhausting so I love the fact that you know it's becoming more and more of a thing now but it brings me back to an exhausted feeling of like having to re-explain like okay well then I'm here in this you know diverse position uh, labeled as a diverse role and it's something that we were talking about as well with one of the speaking engagements we, uh, we're going to be doing is about you know are then those people that are in those roles going to be looked at like, is it for merit or is it because you're a diverse hire, right? And then what is that implicit bias in that, even the way that we use language? So, you know, I could talk about language all day. So let, I'll talk. <laughs> well, I, I was going to, again, talk about language because the frustration of having to like hear intersectionality, I think at times we give to we give people too much credit and in their level of I hate saying this but wokeness like awareness to like what is going on and we just go you should get it you should like this is 2021 you have internet you have a damn phone like you can look this all up on your own it doesn't have to be us educating you all the time but unfortunately that's not the case so language is really important like explicitly naming it explicitly naming our goal um to, like at, with having the overall goal that we don't want to use the word intersectionality, but I think it's still important because people still don't understand what that means. People still don't understand um, that me as a black woman, I come with different lenses and different hats and like how that informs the way I walk through the world. They still don't have like an understanding at all of why I react a certain type of way when something said like you know like you said diversity hire and all I heard was tokenism like that's what like you know what I mean because like that's how we like react it's like we know that we're not are we here for merit or are we here because we're filling a quota and like there's that fine line of like being inclusive to the other end of the spectrum and like being tokenized so like how do we move through that and be productive in showing up at these tables, making changes, like changes systemically in the process, but also being taken seriously and not being like, oh, you're just here because Joe, Joe and accountant said we had to have like a, a black woman sitting at the table, you know, like it's, it, 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 I, it's frustrating. And I think it's never, I, I, I'm pessimistic that it's ever gonna get to a point that I, I don't know, like, we said, you know, like, look at slavery, like slavery happened, like whatever. And we're still dealing with it. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Really interesting because when you were talking, I was thinking like, oh, I feel like that perpetuates imposter syndrome, right? Is this idea of being in this tokenized state. And so you're con continuously doubting, like, you know, do I really belong here, right? Did I get here based on even my own merit? And in some way that can compete with your own previously existing imposter syndrome, or it can even start it or amplify it in some senses as well. So um, I guess now that we, we, you know, work obviously with Black women and we're um, moving into also hosting the conference as well, how are we going to, uh, or does this change the way that we might frame or think about um, the way that we talk about intersectionality uh, or its existence in the rooms as we have the conference hmm. or even our own events as Black Women Connect Vancouver? I think it would be interesting because I don't even, hmm. the people who are attending our events 
for the most part are black women. I, I don't know if like naming it is as beneficial. I think the conversations that we have automatically kind of um, infer that intersectionality lens in terms of like, we, we have to say it, we just like get it. Like I love being in a room and like bring up a an example of what happened in work and every single black woman just like sighs because they understand where we're coming from or where I'm coming from because like they recognize that like showing up with like different hats is just something we have to do. I don't know if it will change the way we curate our events specifically for black women. I think if we start to like expand in the way that our audience will like consume what we do like in events then maybe we'll have to like incorporate it and just know that whatever we do is going to have some sort of um, educational like capacity. I don't know. What do you think Natasia? Yeah I mean I think I agree with you. I think maybe in a way of like including people um, who aren't maybe like able-bodied or people who identify as female, like things like that, I would see maybe we can be more intersectional in that way. And like, I think those are things that we're just learning on how to incorporate and do it well. So I think that we can learn to be more intersectional in that way. Um, maybe like speakers that we pick. And I think we try to make sure that we're trying to like voice out as many people as possible. And I think we've all put that effort in to be like, okay, this person would be great to have this conversation or even in our highlighting and on our page and stuff like that, making sure that everyone is is heard. And so I think maybe we can do better. I mean, it's one of those things you can just always do better at, but I think we've been doing a decent job on it. I mean, I'm sure people can criticize us on it and that's fine because I'd rather be criticized that we're not um, highlighting certain voices than, um, than people just not saying anything right because i want to make sure that everyone feels included so yeah i think that we can do it better that way but i think that because our platforms are ready for black women it kind of helps us with that but i think maybe more of our discussion is like you talked about it always reminds me of like that beyonce song um that where she has oh, what's her name um, when she talks about feminism like that line yeah that always reminds you <laughs> um and i i hate that i can't remember Yes, yeah, um, because obviously it comes from her book, but then Beyonce added it in her song, but it always reminds me of that because it's the same thing, right? Like, if you look, I'm not going to use her as an example for this, but if you look at Beyonce, it's like she is compared to other Black women of like the epitome of who's going to be greater, who's doing it better. And it's like, if we trickle it down just to like everyday people, we're also seen as that. Or it's like, why do you always have that feeling if another woman's doing better than you? that you feel like I, you're not good enough, right? Where does that come from? Of like, you don't even want to celebrate her because you feel inadequate when her celebration shouldn't make you feel inadequate about what is going on in your situation, right? Like we all have our journeys and celebrating someone, you don't know their story. You don't know what they had to fight through to get to that point or even are fighting to you while they look like they're being successful. So. I think those are the things that we just weren't taught as, especially as black women because of our different things. Like we talked about like being immigrants or um, like the aftermath of different things that happened like with slavery or whatever. It's like you were competing who was on, who was in the plantation on like outside or who was inside, you know? It's like, it just stems from all these things that we still are learning to work through that we don't even realize that sometimes can hit us there. You know what I mean? So I think, maybe we should probably learn to highlight that part more in what we do of like, how do you celebrate each other? Um, and I think as friends, like for 
the three of us, like we, we do that quite well. Like I do feel like we're able to celebrate each other. And as we've gotten to know each other and things like that, obviously it just becomes easy now to do that with each other. But I think like, how do you do that when you don't really know a person or you're just meeting or you're just networking? Like, how do you do that to make sure that you're celebrating her? And, and things like that is like, to me, causes intersectionality because you're coming together, right? In your differences, just because like, because I think sometimes with intersectionality it's become a racing, but sometimes it's just our diverse backgrounds to just be like, how do you come together in your diverse backgrounds, right? That's really good. I like that point about like, it's become a racing, but like if you look at, let's say job postings, it's not just race, it's like, you know, able body, it's like, gender identity it's you know what uh, class you come from like there's a whole range of indicators that people can either check off or what or, or you know identify as and it's something that I think we need to be more explicit in even within our own black women community because we have a diverse amount of um, backgrounds and it would be cool to hear more about you know, where women are coming from, because no one story is the same as, like, it could have similarities, but I think learning about other people can just better you. Like, the more knowledge you have, the more compassion you can have for other people. And I think that's what feminism, intersectionality, type of narrative should be about, having more compassion for people who are not like you. That's that's what it comes down to. Wow, I just like shed a little tear. That was so beautiful. He's <laughs> so proud. <laughs> that is so sweet. I, I and I absolutely agree with you. I think that you know having that compassion um, is what makes things so um, uh, relatable. But it also just makes it so much more like it just feels like a warm hug when somebody's telling you, you know, a story or is inviting you in to tell your story. Um, I think, you know, even obviously this Black History Month uh, or also Black Futures Month, I found myself looking at a lot of different like film festivals and stuff like that. Um, and even in there, there's some that I'm going to attend coming up. I'd be interested to see like how much of it is like you know, whose story is being told and how are those stories being told as well. Um, I think it's really interesting in art, the intersectionality of the same thing as well, right? We know that, you know, obviously a lot of people have gripe with Tyler Perry and the way that he tells, you know, the Black stories and the Black women's stories and stuff like that. It's the truth, right? And there's the same similar thing as well with that other dude. What did he do? Um... Uh, the blackish and all of that stuff right so it's a different type of intersectionality and it's like how do we tell those stories um for I think when we did those like street interviews and then we were talking again about like hearing um stories of like black women a part of me was like ah oh, it's played out people will be tired of hearing it then I was like what do you mean like it's not played out people will not be tired of hearing it all these stories are so different um and they're so significant in the power of being able to tell your story like I really love that I can be on this podcast and like have other women hear what my thoughts are and then hopefully you know hear what their thoughts are when the time comes and we can have our listener letters and all of the fancy things that people do with their podcasts that grow um immensely so thank you for the opportunity ladies you're welcome. You're I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny because like people with 
Tyler Perry and wow, I also forget his name. I want to say Kenya, mm-hmm. but um, he, both of them tell their stories and their perspective of what their stories were. I mean, also the whole discussion can be like their men telling women's stories, but that's another thing. But I do feel that like Tyler Perry has said the same thing. He's like, I've tried to change it. I've, I've tried to add like writers in my room and then I actually fail. Like I don't get viewers. People don't like my writing. The moment I write on my perspective or the moment I make it the way I feel that it should be, that's when things grow. So it's kind of like, that's where the diversity comes from in our blackness too, of like people enjoy it. Like he wouldn't be successful if people didn't enjoy it, if they didn't see themselves in these shows, right? So I feel like sometimes it's like, we have to allow that we went into such a movement of like black excellence that forgetting that black excellence can look different for everybody do you know what i mean like we've set up the standard of like black excellence needs to look like this like unless you're successful unless you're doing like successful or having six figures or having like this home or you know what i mean it's like then you're black excellence but it's like black excellence can just look different for people right like we're we still set up these standards for ourselves and i feel like we do that also with women too of like, well, they're not on this level, so I can't really connect with them or they're not on this because blah, 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 blah. And so it's like, we have taken that also too of like, what is excellence within black women? And you won't associate yourself with that person unless they match your excellence, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where like that thing comes from with Elle is like the competitive nature. So it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's true. I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm bringing it back to that Tyler Perry thing. You're right. He would not be successful if people were not yeah. eating it all up and, you know, watching the it. The movies were good. <laughs> it was a great ass character. Like, I mean, storytelling is awesome. It's really, really awesome. And I think also, sorry, Al, to jump in, I think it's coming in in the wave of like, you know, um, uh, storytelling that is uh, a bit trauma-informed or trauma-based as well right and like what that means for other people I don't remember what show I was watching but oh it was a green leaf or something like that Um, I watched like the first episode of the first two episodes and what they were detailing was happening to whoever I was like this is too much of a trigger for me I can't watch it and I like I was just like laying on my couch for an hour and I was like I can't do anything after that and so I think you know on the other side of that is also people that are saying like whoa 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 this brings up a lot of like stuff for me but then there's choice and then there's an opportunity to be able to not obviously watch those types of things so sorry Al, i went on a real tangent there no definitely no no, no that's that's totally fine <laughs> i just i'm thinking of a two we're talking about like you know black future month black future black art um and what that looks like for for black women in like media and like representation and that kind of thing and I always come back to um like Viola Davis like she's one of my favorite actresses but she's always put in this role of like you know dark black black skin woman who's like the sage wise thing and like whatever but like if you look at her resume she is and I hate saying it like I hate comparing but she's like the Meryl Streep of like black acting like she can do it and she's not she's not you know compensated the same way she's not offered the same types of awards she's not offered the same types of like opportunities as Meryl Streep even though she like they can run laps together like you know no problem so like I guess my question is how do we thinking of like International Women's Day 
bring in those voices that, you know, aren't normally heard. Because like, I feel like this is a thing that continues to happen within feminism. It's like certain types of voices are uplifted. Certain types of people are highlighted. And yet it just kind of perpetuates this competition, this like othering. And it's frustrating to go, we're moving into this era of like, you know, gender equality, but like there's still a gap. There's still like a blind spot. So like, what do we do with that? You don't have to fix, you don't have to fix the damn problem. I'm just like, I'm just like postulating a question. <laughs> You're like, want us to tell you about centuries and how to fix this? <laughs> no, no, just like, just like, like, yeah. you, like brainstorming, like, how, okay, so maybe take it, maybe taking it like reality and like practicality. How can we in Black Men Connect Vancouver um, do that? How can we continue past International Women's Day? I know, our, you know, our mandate is, you know, uplifting, connecting, empowering women. How do we how, how do we do that? And Natasha, you talked about like we can always do it better. So like how how I think one of the ways because we have like a Women Crush Wednesday um, and we have a system as to how you know we find the Women Crush Wednesdays potentially for community as well to help us be able to be better is maybe start nominating people that you would like for us to highlight you know on those on those days and it can be you know obviously anybody in your life and so maybe we can start um, adjusting or you know adding to what we already have in that way and to have community have a say as well that would be one way that I'm thinking about it you know um and I think that maybe it would also be maybe I'm going too deep in the semantics here but just kind of you know trying to figure out like if that person is nominated like you know to get them a picture right depending on where they are I'm just thinking like if I was back in South Africa and I wanted to nominate somebody who's like in the village doing amazing things right there'd need to be somebody who takes a picture of them then probably they would already have that and a bio and things like that and things like that and so maybe to think of um, other ways that folks can be nominated outside of putting in a picture and a bio, maybe a video of the nomination or a series. Maybe we could do like a series of videos together of different women nominating other women um, in their communities and stuff like that for what they're doing and talk about what they're doing. I don't know, I'm spitballing. <laughs> I mean, hey, we have a team meeting, so add that, that's a great idea. <laughs> I was just thinking like oh, much calendar. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we should record podcasts every day. <laughs> no, I really like that idea. Actually, I was thinking about that too. So it works out really well of like maybe doing like a video series instead or like kind of like mismatching. So I think that that would make sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I think for me, I'm always trying to figure out how to do that because I know that we added that in our mission statements of like um like this is a group of like diverse backgrounds and so it's like are we making sure that all the diverse backgrounds are being highlighted and so I think that's just like something I'm always trying to figure out and how to do that um especially like even with events I I really also I don't want to make it like a this is the age limit of black women do you know what I mean because we all grow into our womanhood at different times, right? Like someone can be 23 and relate with someone who's 30 and be like, oh yeah, I'm in the same place in life. Do you know what I mean? And so I feel like that's something that I have never kind of wanted to put 
onto Black Women Connect Vancouver of like, you need to be this age to feel like you can be in this group because you, there isn't really anything, right? Like you can be done university at whatever, 25, and then not be able to relate to other students or to people that age anymore because you're in the next step and like you may be at a, like a corporate job, right? And your friends are not on that same stage, but now you're like, oh, I can relate to these people. Or you can be like, I'm in my late forties and I need to find friends and there's other people there, right? So it's like, that's why I didn't want to limit the age. And I think that once we put that cap on it, that, then that makes it not diverse and it makes it feel like not inclusive. And so that's why sometimes people go ask like, what do you do? Or like, what's the age? I'm like, there's no age. Like, <laughs> cause the moment that we start like to do that, just, it makes it more restrictive versus collaborative. And I've really enjoyed, like we had like a mental health virtual panel at some point last year. Um, I think it was when we had breakout rooms and there was like, an, um, like a, a varying amount of women from like different ages. And I really appreciated that because like every single person brought something different to the table in terms of like sharing their experience. We had just what, gone into like lockdown. So like we're all like feeling the mental health like dive. So I appreciate um, the, the not having a cap. I think that that's great. And I think it also, it helps to cultivate organic some like mentorship kind of like someone connects with someone right like I'm 22 and I've just met someone who's like 45 and has their own business like in a random virtual event and that's our connecting point I'm like that's so cool that that's an opportunity that we've given them um, that may not have happened outside of like what we're doing so I think that is a really interesting point to bring up yeah yeah 100% and I think you know going back on the um not having a limit on the age as well. I'm curious with maybe ways that other people run their organizations uh, or teams that might be, what's that word, intergenerational or something like that. And I wonder if there's something to be said about, you know, having uh, the intergenerational aspect on all levels of the organization, whether it's in the team, maybe, you know, uh, the board or whatever the case is, the supporting people, the folks that are attending. I think the more that we're able to demonstrate that in the way that we come out might also invite other people to feel like oh okay cool like this is an intergenerational kind of group um, versus just feeling like it's one way because we're all kind of in the same-ish area of our lives and so right if we're kind of thinking about uh, how we're going to build it and how we're going to you know put it out there oh and then the sun okay we got to take a a moment okay son I see you I see you blessings um Right. And so maybe that's something to think about um, as well for the team meeting. See, this is a good team meeting brainstorm and everyone can listen to it gloriously. No shame. <laughs> I think, no, I think it's totally good, um, especially with like International Women's Day, like bringing it back to that piece and like, you know, discussions around feminism, um, reflecting like there is a focus on like intergenerational um, um, activity and like participation of like, you know, and I don't want to say like old school, but, like old school feminists who like bring like Angela Davis, like she is still 
rocking, kicking, giving wisdom. And I think that there's something to be said about like that being reflected in what we do as well moving forward because, you know, the future is female. I'm just going to say that. Um, right. Um, but like, and, and, and really just building on our like wisdom and how we process the world and how, like, like you said, we're all going through the same like stuff. Doesn't, isn't add value if we're just like bouncing off stuff between each other it's great but like someone who's like 20 years older than us could like provide some something different that like we're not thinking of like it doesn't matter that they came from a different time period there's still something to be said about that so yeah and when you think about even just culturally like us being african it's like that is something that we've always had like you always had the older woman who was telling you or whether it be your mom or your aunt or whoever your mom's best friend right they were the ones that were instilling wisdom or your grandmas like they're the ones that kind of it, it is a cultural thing when you come to tribalism and things like that in africa it's like that is part of your culture is to have an older woman instill wisdom and i think that that's why we didn't want to include that age range because it's like we find that there's still so much that we can learn right as we're growing and evolving and even as they're growing and evolving right and discovering more of themselves they can allow us to be like oh be in that space to have that conversation with them to be like oh, okay this is this makes sense right and and as they grow and evolve like they're also being like oh i'm experiencing this now or like a different level of emotional intelligence that they're telling like okay now in my 50s or whatever this is what i'm feeling and i can be like oh that makes sense right and kind of like feeding off of each other right because i do know that we are the generation that did push back so much um and they also love that about us because we're pushing boundaries that they never were able to do that. And so they also ask questions like, how are you able to do that, right? But at the same time, we're also being like, how were you able to do that in like the limited capacity that you had in your generation, right? So, so yeah, I like that how it, it ties into like International Women's Day with that of like, maybe that's something that we can work on too as an organization of how do we bring alongside like different women that have diverse backgrounds, but at the same time, also like the intergenerational part of it too, because that is something that's really important to us and culturally too, I think that it's important. Mm -hmm. yeah. So many ideas happening, but I will <laughs> leave that for the team meeting. We don't want to divulge too much, um, but I, I, I absolutely love this idea about International Women's Day and kind of, you know, taking it in our stride and moving forward with it um, as we go. So, so I'm going to ask one of you lovely ladies to nominate a woman in your life today in this moment who is on your heart, right? This is not an endless list. Please, folks, if you're not nominated, don't come for the people, okay? Uh, this is a kind gesture. Just, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like nominating somebody who's a baddie right now in my life. Um, and I did, I wanted to leave room for you folks to do so too. Okay. okay. I think we should start. Okay, sure. I'm gonna nominate my sister, Basitana. Basitana is the second born, okay? Came in, I came in a smooth third right after her. Um, she's epic. She's done law. Um, she just won a case just the other day and she was the lead in that case. I'm just so proud of her. She's currently traveling for work. She does it all. She's just awesome. Um, and she's an empath just like myself. So the world can be soul crushing at some points. Um, but no, she, she, she really inspires me every single day. So shout out to you, sister. I'll send you the link for this all the way in essay, my friend. <laughs> now you're gonna throw us all up we both have sisters i mean they're gonna be like why don't you nominate me <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I didn't say, I said, if you're not nominated, don't come for the people. <laughs> I was trying not to say her sister so bad, which would make me like. <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm, I'm gonna do. It. I don't even care. I'm gonna nominate my sister. My sister, uh, Nick. Uh, she is a second born. I came before her, so you know. But I always think, you know, she's teaching me, like, cons- like consistently, like every day. Like I'm always like looking up to her. Um, she is truly a baddie. She just started her own consulting, um, like business. Uh, it's called Hooker Crook and um doing really like great stuff she's sometimes I'm like oh my gosh like I grew up with you like I know I know your darkest stuff and like I could I could ruin you but I wouldn't I love you so much because she's in like the spotlight like people are looking to her she's like this leader in the community um she also has another podcast um called scene um yeah I'm just so proud of her all the time she's my favorite well, I have two sisters, so don't come for me, but <laughs> I will nominate Java, who is my sister, and I, she is like my biggest support system, and she does a lot of the background stuff that probably people would never know that she does for a lot of things that I do, um, whether it be like editing some of the things I'm writing, or like anything to do with Black Women Connect Vancouver, like she's always been the number one support and like even like the idea, like we both came up with the idea coming into it together. So like she was kind of that starting point and that's why I try to recognize her every time people ask like, how did it become? It's like my sister and I decided to like start this. And so I think people don't know that she's kind of that person. So she is a different one because she likes to be in the background. Like she doesn't like to be the spotlight. She likes to just support other people in the background and help in whatever way that looks like. And I just really appreciate that because She's kind of the unseen hero of Black Women Connect Vancouver. And I think that she should be recognized for that. So I really appreciate her. And she was like really passionate about anything to do with um, like women and, and girls and also like, especially kids and, and teenagers. Cause she works with an organization, which I think is called Stephen Lewis. And they help um, a lot of small businesses or small organizations within Africa and helping in whatever that capacity looks like and I would probably should know but I know but I can't say it but (laughs) I know it's like a lot to do with like um just inequality so the same thing kind of like like intergenerational and like kids and like anything that has to do with like youth and so um she's just really passionate about it and to me I'm just like that's inspiring because I feel like she's just a really big advocate for anything to do with that in Africa and I think that that's something that we need so I will nominate her yeah, but I love my other sister too, but she can come on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going there. I'm just going to go completely past. <laughs> oh, were you going to ask Natasha something? No, I was just going to say I love how this nomination turned into like sister, sisterly love. Like this is it's what it turned into and I appreciate it. <laughs> starts at home right I won't say the word because it's not really that it starts at home it's the love the love is born from the home um sweet so this was a really great episode um do we want to talk about being high achieving as part of the intersectionality because it happens to us quite a lot or what I think let's talk about it next time it's a whole other yeah because I could talk about that for hours <laughs> and have a whole therapy session a whole therapy session 
my goodness, my goodness. Um, okay, so quickly, take away, takeaways for people. Yes. Palasa looks so cute. Yes. Oh, why do I gotta go first? I was thinking. Again? <laughs> okay, I can go. I I'll go. I'm sorry. I asked the question. I'll go. My takeaway is um, just like excited about the future of Black Women Connect Vancouver in the way that we can continue to learn and listen and build out what could be something really great for, you know, Greater Vancouver and like bring women together, um, both on like an educational piece and like just like really uplifting each other and, and supporting and, and networking. Cause I'm learning so much about women in Vancouver that I had no idea. Like, I love how, you know, the start off being like, I'm, I was one of one in my workplace. Like, I was like, whatever. But like, now I know so many Black women that like, it just makes me so excited to be like, I can just like message like 50 Black women in Vancouver. And like, I couldn't do that before. So I think that that's my takeaway, just like what we're doing moving forward. Awesome. My takeaway is to keep nominating women in my life who inspire me and for me to remember that, you know, my life is also adding to the story that is our collective, you know, understanding and knowing and growth as a society um, and just understanding that everything that I do impacts other people as well and everything that other women have done impacts me as well. I was reading Toni Morrison's book uh, today and I shed a little bit of a tear so I was like, oh, she really is somebody who I want to be like when I grow up. So that's my takeaway. I think for me, someone had said the other day or I had seen a post where someone was like, we were one of the largest like Black collectives in BC for Black Women Connect. And I was like, like, it just like, I forgot that it reached that level. And then I was like, wow, that's really inspiring. And not necessarily for me, inspiring that like so many black women decided to come together and actually be like, we understand this vision and mission and we want to connect. And it's like, that's really important. So I think for me, my takeaway is like to always grow and do better and not to do things just to do, but to do it out of like, I want to build a foundation that's sustainable, that this will last, not to have some sort of like famous internet, whatever, you know what I mean? It's easy to be social media famous. But like, what are we doing in the background to actually be sustainable? As we talked about, like recognizing different women in their different capacities, but then at the same time, also being inclusive and everything that it, it encompasses in that. And so I think for me, that's my takeaway of like continue pushing through. If it's like, if we reach that level, then it's like, ooh, we need to be doing more. Um, and that, that's like another thing I'll talk about with my high achieving self, but, but if, I'm gonna say by doing more, <laughs> by being more diverse in what we do. That's a, another topic, but yeah. I mean, I think this was great. I really enjoy having these conversations with all of you. So as for next time, I hope that everyone enjoyed this episode as much. Comment, like, share, and we'll see you next time. And girl, you know it. Girl, you know it. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's always amazing to get an opportunity to chat with these lovely ladies. So if you're looking to follow us off of the podcast and you're looking to catch up with some of the content that we have, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube, all at Black Women Connect Vancouver. And we also have a website for you at blackwomenconnectvancouver.com. 
which is where you can sign up for our mailing list and our newsletter so you can keep updated with our growth and all of the other events that we have planned for you. Catch you later. Bye.